Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. So, the, what was the first item that we saw? That was in chapter 25, verse 10, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to do something. I'm going to try not to go by the uh, layout of how God speaks to Moses in Exodus. Okay? There's a reason I'm going to do that. In other words, I'm not going to you know, begin with the Ark of the Covenant and then go to the mercy seat. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to speak about them in the order in which they were laid out after Moses was completed. Do I, do, do I make sense? Can somebody help me if I'm not clear? There were seven items, yes, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to speak with them without referring to where they are, where you studied them, because the way they are laid out in the Bible is in a different for lack of a better word, um, chronology, than the way I would like to communicate it. I want to communicate it the way it was at the end after Moses had done all he was told Amen. to do. Now, I want you to remember that the Bible says God called Moses up and said, make certain that you design everything according to the pattern that you saw on the mountain. Yes, correct? Man. Now, does God live on a physical no. mountain? No. Good. So we mean Mount Zion, the spiritual mountain. So everything that Moses built was symbolic of some other spiritual experience or reality he had seen. So Number one, we're going to refer to something called the altar of bronze or the brazen altar. What chapter and page is that on in, your, in, your, in the studies you did? Mm. Uh, Remember, you said page seven, so we're going to look at all seven. Chapter 37, one. Exodus chapter what? 27 1, you shall make an altar of acacia wood. 27 1. Very good. That's it. 
Okay, so chapter 27, verse 1. No, no, wait here a second. You said of wood? It says of wood. Let me turn it. That shall make an altar of shooting wood. No, 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 no. That, that's not it. No, that's not it. That's another altar. That's another altar, but that's not. We're looking for the altar of bronze. 30. That was one of the seven items. Yes, but it wasn't the it wasn't the brazen altar, the altar of bronze. I think it was 30. Yep. 31. No, 31 is the um altar of it is the altar of incense. Okay. Okay. Been in the middle of a sentence. Okay. Thirty eighteen. Let's see, thirty eighteen. Okay. No, this is this is the the this is the second item, the brazen lava. Okay. Okay. You know what? I think Liz might be correct. It might be, I think it's 27. The one yeah, Liz showed up. Down, because in 27 down further, then he says, put it around. Um, you make a grading of bronze network and then Thank four you. bronze rings. So yes. And then it says. Um, what verse was that? Verse two. 27.4. Make a grading of bronze network and then you and then you put the altar on the ground and make the um, the bronze, bronze network will be half as high as the altar. Thank you. That's that. That's correct. That's correct. So this, and yes, you were correct. Plate them, with, plate them with bronze. Okay. Now you see why I wanted us to go in the chronology of what things were when Moses was done. So this is the first item that the people who came to worship would encounter once they entered the temple the bowl of bronze okay in which an wasn't a bowl sorry uh, an altar of bronze in which the animal that they offered whether it was a pigeon whether it was a lamb whether it was a goat whether it was a ram whether it was a bull they would be killed on this altar and burnt here. Okay? My Bible oh, uses yeah. different words for this. Doesn't my Bible says network? Does your Bibles does the your Bibles use the word bronze or brass or brass? It just says network of bronze. That's fine. That's fine. So I would never have thought network to be the same as boom. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. What we're looking for is the word bronze. Right. Okay. Okay. So when you came in, even though the inside of that altar was made from wood, it was now overlaid with bronze, right? Yeah. And the animal, the bird, whatever was offered was killed on that spot. That was the first thing. The animal for your sins that you brought to the priest would be killed there. Yeah. Now, one thing that's important to remember, nobody was allowed to 
enter the temple. Just follow me for a second now, okay? I'm not talking about the time of Solomon, okay? I'm talking about the time of Moses. By the time of Moses, we do not call it a temple. We call it the tabernacle. Everybody remember that? Yes. Okay, so we're now dealing with the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had a fence. Uh, it was a fenced compound. And it had um, a gate through a, a gate of cloth through which the Levites would come in, only the Levites. Okay. Now, remember, not every Levite was a priest, but all priests were Levites. Does that make sense? Yes. I'll only get one yes. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Okay, good. So every priest was a Levite. So the Levites could come to the what was called the outer court. The outer court, remember, is fenced in. Okay? Mm -hmm. None of the other ch children of Israel from the other 11 tribes, none of them could come in there. Only the Levites would come in there. But not all the Levites could go into the building. The building is called the tabernacle. Okay? Only the priests could go in there. But outside, the Levites held the priests, hold down the bulls, hold down the rams, whatever was being offered, and they sacrificed it on that spot. Now, let's stop for a second and find out what that means for you and I. Once you have been brought in to the, 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 the gate, that, the, the yard, okay? You are now in what the Bible refers to as the outer court, okay? Amen. At this place, the, there is now a requirement of death on you. This is the place you came into the day you said, I believe in Jesus. The next thing you were supposed to do was to give your life. So you've heard the Christian will tell you, I gave my life to Christ. Correct? Amen. Mm -hmm. Is that something you did, you do maybe um, 10 years after you become a Christian? Or are you expected to do that the day you become a Christian? On the spot. On the spot. There you go. Is everybody following the is everybody following it now? Yes. Now I have a question for you. To what degree do you think you have given your life to Christ? Do you think you've given him 10%, 20, 50, 90, maybe a hundred? What do you think? You think you've done it totally. Yeah, but what do you think? should be 100%. So you believe that you and I right now have given our lives to Jesus 100%? No. See how you see, when, you, when, you, when you meditate on it, you realize you haven't. Well, we at the time that you did it, you thought it was 100%. And then the trials start coming. Aha, but the trials have come, but you don't want to die. It's true. You don't want to die to self. 
you still want to be most of the things that the world wants, tells you you should be. Easily led. There you go. So now, the demand of God on you is that you die. Now, you and I agree that we haven't died completely yet, have we? No. Now, do you expect God to accept a half-dead offering? No. He's perfect, so we expect him to, to, to only accept a perfectly dead offering. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's the assumption. Aha. So now, you're beginning to understand why you're studying the book of Exodus. Because we've only looked at one of the items in the tabernacle or in the, in the temple. Mo by the way, Solomon put the same seven items in his temple. That's why I keep going between the word tabernacle and temple, okay? Mm, okay. Right? Moses built a tabernacle, but Solomon built a temple. Nevertheless, they all had the same seven items in there. Herod later on rebuilt Solomon's temple, but there were just the tabernacle and the temple. But it doesn't really matter. It was the same thing. Okay? Okay. Now, the, 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 the Bible uses bronze to be the covering of the altar. Can anyone tell me why bronze? Have you, have you all bought the book In Search of the Kingdom? No, not yet. Oh, you see? <laughs> if you had, let me put a plug in for my book now. If you had, <laughs> you would have been able to answer that question easily. Because in the book, somewhere, it says, bronze represents judgment. Okay? Okay. So, you are acknowledging in step one that you deserve death. But who died for you? Jesus. There you go. So how does God view you as far as dying is concerned? Does he view you the way you view yourself? In other words, you feel, well, I think I'm 20% dead. I got 80% more to go. Is that how God views you? Or does God view you as 100% dead? 100%. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Remember what the children of Israel would do. They would take a pigeon or a goat, a goat said based on whatever you could earn, you could afford, or a, or a ram or whatever, and they would give that on their own behalf, correct? Yes. And their sins would be forgiven for that year. But you and I read in the book of Hebrews that we have not brought bulls and goats to God, but we have brought who? The blood of Jesus Christ to God. 
blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. Does that absolve you from dying daily? Yes. No, it does not. Why? Because the apostle Paul says, I am dead and my life is hidden in Christ. For he died for me that I might no longer live unto myself, but unto him who died for me. So as far as God is concerned, Liz is cool. But who does Liz have to answer to now? The answer to God. No, 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 no. As far as God is concerned, Liz is perfect, remember? Jesus died for her. So who is Liz accountable to now for dying? To Jesus. Exactly. Let's look at let's look let's look at that in scripture, okay? Dr. K, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you look for me in um uh, in the in the Bible or in Google something where it says the life I now live the sorry sorry um he died for us that they that live might no longer live unto themselves but on for him who died for them uh, something like that anybody else too concerned I just know that you're pretty quick Okay, but, okay, are you talking about Second um, Timothy 3.12? What does it say? Let me bring it up in my Bible because I don't trust what I see on the internet. Okay, let's see. No, Second Corinthians 5.15. Well, go ahead and read what you found in Second Timothy first. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Okay, no, we're looking for 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. From 14 to Amen. 15. 14 and 15. Amen. 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 For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live shall not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Amen. Let's let's just think about everybody, please don't go to sleep now. Remember, this is this is there's gonna be an attack on us because you guys are about to take away a particular veil. It's going to, your life is about to be changed. So be careful. Your mind is going to begin to drift away right now. And it's not you. But you can control yourself. Amen. He just said that because he died, everyone is dead. Who requires everyone to die? Devil. God. God. God, thank you, thank you, God, 
So read that again. Read the first, read 14 again, Dr. K. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Stop. So one who is Jesus met the requirement of step one for everybody. Okay? That's why when I asked all of us, do you think, you, you say, oh, I've given my life to Christ. Do you actually believe you've given 10%, 20%, 30%, 80%? do you think, you know, ninth, God is satisfied with that? God will be like, okay, well, you're only 10% sin. You can still come into the kingdom. Huh? <laughs> we know that's not God. We know God is what? Perfect, right? <laughs> so there is only one person that can say, okay, you've done your best. I know you only made it to 10%, but you had a lot to struggle with compared to John. John, I expected better from you. You think you're cool because you did 70% and she only did 10%. Well, do you know what kind of life she had? Do you know what kind of abuse she had to suffer when she was a child? Do you, are you with me now, everybody? Yeah. So yeah. we cannot yeah. judge each other. We cannot pick on anybody. We cannot look at anybody and say, thank God I'm not like this person. You don't know what that person had to deal with. True. Are you with me now? Yes. What matters is that that individual, whether they are 10% giving of their life, whether they are 70% giving of their life, the, what matters is that you are where you ought to be in the scheme of things. Amen. Amen. And you are helping your brother, or your sister that's struggling with stuff you don't know. Because there's one thing both of you have in common. Paul referred to it as the love of Christ. Okay? He said the love of Christ does what? It constrains us. Yes. Okay? Because I love Jesus, I'm not going to do back to you what you did to me. I'm not going to do back to anybody what they did to me. Because I have the love of Christ in me. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. I have this peace with God. I feel indebted to Christ. So no matter what you've done to me, when I think of what I've done to God, I should be on a one-way ticket now to hell. Mm. Forever. Not like, you know, I mean, if it was like a thousand years, you know, we'll just put up with it for about a thousand years. And, you know, it's forever. And I've been set free because one man chose to forgive everything I've ever done and take my place for real, not in a movie, not out in outer space, but here in this world, a very wealthy man, very educated, very informed that needed nothing from you or me. That you, listen, the queen of England, the king of Spain, the king of Nigeria, whatever, you're not worthy to undo his shoelace. Mm. And you and I just can't take it from Dr. K anymore. I just can't take it anymore from her. 
I just can't take it anymore from Liz. Who does she think she is? No, who do you think you are? Amen. No, for real. Who do you think you are? He said, read verse 15 again for us, Dr. K. 15. Amen. Amen. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. There you go. So it's not about what I think of you, what I did to you, what you think of yourself, what I think of myself. It's about Christ. Amen? Amen. Am I constrained? Amen. Am I grateful enough? Do I have enough gratitude? Do I appreciate what I've been saved from? And the fact is, if I hid, hold bitterness in my heart against you, it is evidence that I am not grateful to Christ because I am not constrained by the love of Christ. If I was constrained by the love of Christ, I would not be able to keep, keep and hold on to any bitterness. I would be angry today, but tomorrow all of a sudden I'll wake up and I'm not angry anymore. And I'll be wondering, oh, I want to be angry. I really want to be angry at this guy. What's wrong with me? No, I can't be because I love Christ. So that's the first one. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right. Now, the second item is what called the brazen lava or labor. Okay. Now, can somebody tell me which chapter that was found in? Um, that's it. What, what does that's it say? 3018. 3018. Okay. Yes. Notice it is also of brass, correct? Bronze. Yes. yes. And what did we say bronze symbolizes? We said it a few minutes ago. We judgment. said it symbolizes judgment. Judgment. Yes. There you go. So we are still in the realm of judgment. We have been able to move from step one to step two. And what do they do with the animal? Now the animal is already dead, right? So we're assuming he's dead. So he's moving from step one. He's now going to step two. What do they do with the animal in step two, this dead animal? Sacrifice. No, that's what happened in step one, remember? Yeah. That's where it was killed. Read verse 19. They washed the animals. Thank you very much. Sister Bella, can you read verse 19? For Aaron and his son mm -hmm. shall wash their hands and their feet in water okay. from okay. it. All right. So that place is a place of what? Sanctification, right? They wash the animal, they wash themselves in that bowl. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, this is a funny scripture. Anybody know where it says husbands love your wives by washing them? Yes. 
I know this. I know the scripture you're talking about. Okay, let's look for it. And go wash and feet. Okay, Ephesians chapter five. Verse 25 and 26. We can take the we can take the verse 27 actually. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Congratulations. Right, exactly. Right after Galatians. Amen. 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 Anyone can read. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's for a second put aside the husband part, okay? Let's deal with the Christ part, okay? Amen. So Amen. Christ is the priest, right? Aaron in this case. And we are the animal that's being brought to sacrifice. The bride. Mm -hmm. So how are we supposed to be washed after we have given our life to Christ? We said giving our life to Christ was step one. Isn't that so? Mm-hmm. And we're still doing it daily because we're not yet 100%. But now in step two, how does Christ wash us today, according to what we just read there? By the word. Thank you. By the word. So, if this is this sanctification takes place by the word what hope is there for those of us who have quote given our lives to Christ but do not go deeply into the word of God how can we be sanctified we can't exactly you cannot be sanctified without the word so you just read Paul tell you here about Jesus washing his bride, correct? Yes. And he says he washes his bride with the word of God. You just saw the two things you saw in the book of Exodus repeated in the New Testament. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'll stop here for any questions, okay?
or any comments, not just questions, any comments. Anybody, you know, can go ahead and continue, please. It's interesting that the husband has to wash the wife with the word, not vice versa, because he put the man the head of, head of the house. Yes. Now, that's a, that's a different topic. I want to stick with Christ, but very important one, because when a woman is not married to a Christian, but she was married to that person before she became a Christian, Christ still does the washing. Christ is still her husband and her husband's husband. So that's that. So that's why that topic we could, we'll do that one day is very important. But it's symbolic. It's, there's a there's an assumption there that's not true for everybody in the world. Okay. In other words, not everybody in the world has a husband that can wash her with the word and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So. <clears throat> any comments, any statements or anything we've done so far? I think it's interesting that in um, Moses' tabernacle, the Levites, the priests were the ones who were killing the, the sacrifice, washing it and purifying it. But today, we willingly offer our lives we willingly um, die in the daily, okay? Yeah. And we willingly wash ourselves by the word. Do we willingly or knowingly? Knowingly. Unknowingly. Yeah, we knowingly. Knowingly. We knowingly. So we are acting as Levites unto ourselves. Yes. In a sense. So we're, we're ministering to ourselves. Now, based on that, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Amen. Verse 1 and 2. Yep. Everybody there? Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Can Liz read that for us, please? The sacrifice of body and mind. And now, brothers, I beg you through the mercy of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed to the renewal of your mind so that you may judge what is God's will, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you. So you see there what Dr. K just said where we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So we ourselves consciously bring ourselves, and then in verse 2 he says that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Notice that is the second step, the washing of the water of the word. Yes. Okay. So these two steps we just spoke about, they happen outside. 
Are you with me? Yes. 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 Thank you. Now let's uh, jump to the book of Hebrews. I think it's going to be chapter nine. We want to see if we can find the seven items that you and I studied in Exodus this past week in chapter 9, verse 1 to 4. Okay? So yeah. anybody can read. Mom, can you read for us Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1 to 4? Yes. Okay. I just turned away from it for a minute. Okay. Okay, I see it. Hebrews 9, chapter 1 to 4. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that, hand, that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded in the tables of the covenant. All right. Okay, let's see if, let's all put in, you know, put in a, our own effort and see if we can find the five, the seven items here. Any, in whatever order, if you see one, please point it out. The lampstand. Okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's not be too quick. Okay. What verse, what verse is that? Verse nine, 9, verse 2. Okay, so in verse 2, you found the, the lampstand, sometimes called the candlestick, depending on your version. Yeah. Okay. And then what else have you found? The table is showbread. Okay, that's two. And then in verse four, yep. there's the golden censer. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Abele, do you find any? That's three so far. Yeah, I find the, the gold, the covenants overlaid, well, all, all sides with gold. Sorry, what, what have you found? Tell us. The gold. I think it's a golden... Well, on my, my Bible, it says the golden pot. Um, okay. I don't know if it's the same with everybody else's. Okay, the golden pot was in something. It had the manna in it and Aaron's rod. Yes, yes. But, but those three things were in something. The Ark of the Covenant. In Thank you. The Ark in, of the Covenant. The That's the fourth thing there. Mm. Those things that you talk, the golden portal, the, the manor, yeah. the, the Aaron's rod, they were all in the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what else? What else? Uh, were there only these four things that you guys read this week? No. no three more. Okay. The first Verse 5 has one in verse 5. The mercy okay, what's it, what is there in verse 5? 
mercy. the mercy seat. Thank you. So we need two more. So we found five. Can you find two more? Maybe Liz can find it. Well, up in, in chapter, I mean, in verse three, it says, behind the second veil was the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies, in which was the altar of incense. We already saw the altar of incense, didn't we? Yes. And the Ark of the Covenant. We saw that. Yeah, but this is talking about the things that were inside of the the um, the building. The, Everybody the building. remember we said there were two things outside. Everybody remember? Yes. And what were those two things outside, Mom Logan? The altar of bronze. Yes. The altar, the cherubims. No, the altar of bronze and the brazen laver. The brazen lava, where the animal was washed. The two things you and I just studied. Yes. Everybody remember? We the two things him. we just studied? Yes. One where you give your life. The second way Christ sanctifies you and washes you. Yeah. Notice Paul doesn't mention them here. Uh -uh. Can anybody tell me why Paul doesn't mention them here? We should have already done that. It's a very strange thing that Paul does not mention them. And that thing always bothered me until I saw why in Revelation chapter 11. You want to find it? Yeah. Let's go there. What verse? Verse 1 to 3. Verses 1 to 3. Amen. 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 Right. Anybody can read it. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Continue? Yeah, we're going to verse 3, all the way to 3. Okay. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Okay, let's just stop there. Let's not worry about the extra details. Notice he was about to measure the outer court. And what did God tell him? To leave it out. He said, don't include that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Don't include that. Just leave that out. Isn't the outer court important? Isn't our salvation important? Yes, we had to have that before we could deal with the inner court. Exactly. But notice God is saying, don't measure that part. 
that place I've made available for anybody in the whole world to come in because I need people saved. But when it comes to the God kind of business, it's only for those people who can make it inside. Hello? Yes. yes. Amen. 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 So it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic, it doesn't matter whether you're Methodist, it doesn't matter whether you're United Brethren, it doesn't matter whether you're Amish, it doesn't matter with God. He says, just let them all come in. Go to the highways and the byways and bring them all in. But as for my inner things, they can have no part in that. Don't measure them. Mm. Don't measure them. They have salvation. It's a free gift. And just to sanctify them, if they want to be sanctified, fine. But now to begin to go into my inner things? Well, I don't think so. So the Apostle Paul, when God is using him to write the book of Hebrews, he knows not to mention what? The yeah. two items outside. Yeah. Those weren't their most important. Well, they're the most important for you and I. I mean, look, give That's me salvation. Like Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I? <laughs> no, they're the most important things. These are the people who come and get the thing that God has for us in salvation and forget about God. We receive salvation and we live in our own lives. Do you, do you understand? They were trying to jump ahead. No, 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 it's not jump ahead. Remember Jesus, um, there were 10 blind men that came to him. He healed 10 of them and only one came back. Do you recall? To say thank you. Yes. And he looked at his apostles and said, didn't I heal 10 men? They said, yes, master, you did. Then how come only one came back? And this one is a Gentile. Mm. Okay. Gratitude. Okay. So God is saying, people are going to come to me to get my salvation that I can offer them free. They're going to come to enjoy my word. That is a step two, right? The washing of the water by the word. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to want to have any intimate relationship with me. Because intimacy takes place where? Inside. Yeah. Not outside. Amen. Amen. You see that? We want the salvation, we don't want to go to hell. So God says, here you go, it's free. Okay? We want the, the word of God because it's sweet in our mouth. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to live it because if you live it, it becomes bitter where? Come on, you people don't know this one. <laughs> All right. Let's look at, let's look, let's look for, somebody help me look for where it says sweet in your mouth, bitter in your stomach. I remember reading that. Yes. That's in the book of Revelation somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it should be in chapter 11 because uh, it's called the sweet and bitter book. Yes. Okay, good. Revelations 10, 9. Okay, good. What does it say? Thank you. 
Okay, you want to read it, Mom? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mom. If you're looking for it. Uh, oh, Mom, your your microphone, I think, is is um off. In case you're speaking to us. Shall I read it? Okay. Okay. Her microphone is un unmuted now. Yeah, I had a call come in. Okay. Okay. I... That's that's fine. You want to take the call? Have someone else read it? Yes. No, okay. it's from it's from the bishop. I'll get him later. Okay. Good. Okay. Go ahead. So, we said ch chapter ten, verse nine. Uh, Revelation. I and I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Okay. So when you take the word, the word sounds beautiful. Isn't that so? We love to quote the word. But to actually live out the world, sorry, the word, that's the problem. So the angel said, Take, eat. Here's the word. It'll be sweet in your mouth. It'll be sweet to preach it. But to actually be it, now that's going to be a totally different matter. Do we all see the symbolism there? Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing as being in the brazen lava or whatever. So there are five more items, okay? But I think at this point, we should pause here and next week continue so that at least we've, you know, we've, we've taken this in, we've, we've dealt with the outer court, okay? We know it's, it, it's important. Without the outer court, you can't make it to heaven. But God so loved the world, he sent his son to the outer courts. Amen? Amen. Now, whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. Okay, that's why he came. That's the outer court. They have a light, and the light is what the sun. Isn't that so? They're outside, the natural yeah. sunlight. Yeah. So Jesus came to the world, but the people who are in the inner place, what light do they have? They have light. The Exactly, the seven golden lampstands. That's the only light in the inner place. There is no sunlight there. There's no human, a natural wisdom or knowledge that operates there. Everything operates there based on revelation. So a lot of the churches are out there and they're teaching you theology and this and that and all of that stuff. And it's good because they're telling you, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. But now you want to go into the deeper things of God You've got to come into a room where there's no light except the light of revelation. No sunlight. No knowledge here. No experience here. No age. No none of that. You have to have confidence this in yourself true. because of what Jesus says about you. Not what you say about yourself or what anybody says about you. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Praise God. Any questions or any statements? I'm sure Dr. K is bursting to say something. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> bursting to say something. I said something in the beginning, and then you kind of had touched on those things as we went through them. Yes. Um, so any, any questions? So any statement? Go ahead. Um, what's what's lampstand? What does this signify again? I've forgotten now. The, okay, the seven lampstands represent the revelation of the word of God, or the revelation, the the spoken word of God, the light of Jesus, the light of God, the mm. wisdom of God, enlightenment of God. Okay. Okay. Now. Let me, that's an excellent question, actually. I'm so happy about this question. Because if you remember, you have the lampstands and you have the oil in the lampstands and they have the fire or the light that comes from the oil. Amen? Amen. And you asked about the lampstands. Okay. The lampstands are completely different from the oil. Okay. The lampstands represent you as an individual or the church that you belong to. So like all of us together here now are a lampstand. Amen. Amen. Then the amount of the Holy Ghost in us is the oil. Over time, the amount of the Holy Ghost in us can reduce. We don't want that to happen the day Jesus shows up. Do you remember the seven virgins? Five, no, sorry, the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish? Yes. The five wise had oil in their lambs, correct? Yes. And the five foolish did not have oil. Their oil ran out. Mm. But the Bible says all of them fell asleep. That means all of us are now concerned more about worldly things than spiritual things. Mm. But Jesus is going to show up. And even though some of us are concerned with worldly things, if we have enough of the Holy Ghost in us, we'll be able to what? Lighten up at his arrival. Able to be there at their arrival. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So the seven the lamp stands are the churches. Amen. Amen. And the oil is the Holy Ghost in the churches. The light is the presence of Christ as manifested by the oil. You know, I learned this as a child, but it wasn't taught as deeply. You know, it was always very something was very important and symbolic about oil. Yes. But not like it was. The oil is the Holy Ghost. You've heard in the Bible where they will say, if you're sick, send for the elders to pray with you, anointing you with oil. It doesn't, it doesn't mean natural oil. It means anointing you with the Holy Ghost. Because right. in the New Testament, the oil is the Holy Ghost, not some natural Oil. In fact, remember in the Old Testament, God says the anointing oil shouldn't touch human skin except that of the priests. All right. So, can anybody give me a scripture to support what I said about the lampstands being the church? 
Yeah. I thought we were going to go into this. You said we're going to go into this next week. Yes, I'm, you're correct. You're correct. But anyway, thanks for correcting me. You're, thanks for correcting me. So let's leave that till next week. Any other <laughs> questions about what we? <laughs> any other questions about what we spoke about? A very good lesson today. Thank you. Praise God. Liz, any question? Ebele? Uh, I I have, but I think we'll leave it for next week. Is it okay? Is it for from the other five things, the other five items? No, it's just relating to the whole tabernacle, the whole um, having all altars in the church and all that. So no, go ahead. Ask the question. If it's know. for next week, then we'll know it's for next week. Go ahead. Next, next week, week, you might have forgotten it. Exactly. Go ahead. What is it? Um. So, what what's the significance of this in today's church? You know. <laughs> where you have um, statues and um, people have defended having those statues by citing these, this, this, these chapters um, that we just read yeah. about, you know, God asked them, instructing Moses on how to build um, gold and bronze statues yeah. in, in the tabernacle and therefore it should be okay to have, you know, bronze and gold statues all over the church. Yeah. Well, so, you see, that's, what, that's why you need to buy the book. Because in the book, we explain the difference between the Christian faith and Christianity. Yeah. You see, you use the word church mm. very loosely because mm -hmm. a place says they are ABC church. Yeah. Church is people. Two people together who believe in Christ and have come together in the name of Christ is church. Now, human beings have traditions called religion. These traditions manifest themselves in different ways based on the anthropological history of those people. Hmm. So if you are Asiatic, European, African, whatever, Native American, you have a culture, you have a history of how you expressed your belief in the deity. Maybe it was a mother. Maybe it was a great warrior king. That icon is going to be in what you call your church. You're going to have them all around your building. Once I appear there, if you go, when, you, when you drive past a Hindu temple in London, don't you see the half God, half elephant man? Yes. Mm -hmm. You think if those people become born again, become Christians, all of a sudden they're going to throw away the half elephant man? No, they're not. If if India, if India, if somebody had conquered India, and India was a Christian country, and Indians had taken the gospel, let's say to Nate to the Native Americans, all the churches in Native American land would have half elephant gods in the church. So is that correct? Is that right? No, it's not right. Of course it's not right. But they know. It, it's, it's their culture. Yeah. Okay. People, you're, 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 you're awake now. You're awake now. So you see these things and they look strange to you. It doesn't look strange to them. They don't. I mean, this is what their mother gave them when they were a child. 
So what do you say to someone who then uses these tabernacles that we've just read? If he or justify, she, if he or she is not born again, I will not make it an issue. Yep, they he, won't hear you. If he or she is born again and just recently became saved, I still will not make it an issue. I just want to know whether it's correct because these discussions are important, not just for sure. them, sure. but it's also important for us. And sure. even for me, I like to know if... Yeah, that's what I, that's So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work or being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be... Don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over these videos so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, order, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, Hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you're not able to see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. 